August 30th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Afkof Dalid Amud Aleph. In the first of the wide lines, not the widest, but the first wide line, the fourth, fourth word onto the line. It says the Gemara Tanya Beraita, Amar Bishimon ben Elazar, Bishvil, because of, because of the following statement of Hizkiyah Melech. Hizkiyah was a very good king, as we've repeated and realized a lot of times, but he spoke wrongfully on one or two occasions. He said, Hatov be'inecha asiti. He uh, turned to God and ex- exclaimed, remarked at one point, you know, I did the right thing in your eyes, which is a lack of humility. It's inappropriate to be speaking so confidently about yourself. Because of that mention, he came to say as well, ma'ot. At a later juncture, when Hizkiyahu Amelech is, uh, is, is sick, when he's ill, and he's told that he's going to be cured, he looks for a sign. You need a sign? The fact that you're asking for a sign is your second wrong mention. In the eyes of this Beraita, the first mention was his wrongdoing, and then as the Mishnah says in Perik Dalad of Pirkei Avot, as Rashi cites over here, Avera goreret Avera, there's a certain way that we begin to act wrongfully, and then once we're on that path, we get uh, drawn in and do something else, and then another thing and another thing, all on that wrong path. If he was speaking wrongfully initially by saying, I did the right thing in your eyes, that's what led to, and that's the words over here, biskar, or so to speak, as, uh, in some respect, from one, bishvil, uh, because he said one, hatov it led him to that next ma'ot. But now the beraita doesn't suffice with that. It says, and furthermore, bishvil ma'ot, and then because of that second remark, which is a little bit more um, strong, it's a, has a, a greater strength than the first one. The first one, okay, a little too confident. The second one is almost the doubt of God that you need a sign that you're going to be cured. Nochrim achelu al shulchano melech bavel at a particular juncture when Hezkiah has this miracle performed for him in terms of the extension of the light of the day. Uh, well, uh, Melech Bavel sends a delegation to Hezkiah and uh, they eat at his table and he brings them through his palace and shows them all his stuff. Well, that's not something positive. You didn't need that alignment, that involvement, but it was because of your wrongdoing, says the Beraita, in asking for that sign. And Bishvil Shenochrim Achilu Al Shulchano, and then once the non-Jews, those of Bavel, who ate on his table, who were involved in his kingdom uh, for a little bit, Garam Galut Lebanav, it caused an ultimate uh, exile for his children. Rashi cites the Pasuk, the Gemara will cite the Pasuk in a moment or two, where God rebukes him. You invited or you had these individuals in your uh, home and you had them eating at your table and you showed them all your riches and all your things. Uh, you should know what's going to happen to your descendants. So in a, in a um, somewhat of a, a shocking but uh, depressing fashion, this Beraita sets forth the importance of every word we say, the importance of every action. Sometimes we do something assuming it's a narrow effect with regards to positive or negative. Over here, narrow effect, no, no, no. You, all he said initially in the eyes of this Beraita was, uh, listen, he just said, I'm doing okay. Can you imagine what we're to envision then in broadening the line ahead and understanding 
what was one act which led to the next, which in turn led to the next, led to the ultimate exile and loss of children to the kingdom of Babel. Says the Gemara, this is a support for the Emorah, whose name is Hizkiah. It's of course always ironic in these types of situations. This is not Hizkiah but we're talking about Hizkiah It's an individual whose name is Hizkiah. Gorem galut lebanav, person who invites, I guess uh, too much so. Doesn't mean you're doing it for business reasons. Doesn't mean you're doing it once in a while. But if you're inviting non-Jews, people who will have the wrong influence upon you and your family into your home, and it's not only that you're eating with them and spending time, but you're inviting them into your home, uh, you're in some way asking for or unfortunately leading to that galut, the distancing of your children. It's what the Hachamim are nervous about in Masechet Avodah Zarah, Bishul Goyim, having food from non-Jews. Drinking with non-Jews is always a dangerous activity. They're looking to keep us away from such engagement. Go ahead. I'm thinking in the singular, in English here. Go ahead. Why? A worshiper of idols. Not Good point. It says, Oved kochavim, even a single non-Jew into your home. So it's not even only a family and a delegation. There's a particular danger, certainly in that time, but it's just as relevant today. Getting too involved with someone who shares different values, different belief system than yourself is always uh, an imminent uh, threat and danger. Shine Imar, and he cites the Pasuk with regards to the children and descendants of Hizkiyahu. So it says the Pasuk, They'll be taken, your children, who were born, they'll be ministers, and not for you, not for Am Yisrael, but for the king of Babel. Then the Pasuk says, uh, with regards to when Hezkiyahu shows these, this delegation from Bavel around, so the Pasuk describes exactly what he did. He shows them, we'll have to go back to those words in a moment in the Gemara. What does it mean, bet nechoto? We'll come back to those words. Et ha-kesef, vet ha-zahav, vet ha-bisamim, vet shemen ha-tob, vet bet ke-lav, vet kol ha-shenim sabir slotav. Lo he-ha-davar she-lo her-am chizkiyahu be-veto, b'chol me-mshaltom. Chizkiyahu shows them everything. He gives them the grand tour of all of his riches and all of his wealth and ability and opulence. All right, so we understood most, if not almost all of the words in that pasuk with regards to the gold and the silver and so on. But what were those words, bet nechoto? Says the Gemara, Amar Rav, my bet nechoto. What was the initial reference that he showed them bet nechoto? Several suggestions. First explanation is, ishto hishketa alehim. Bet nechoto, nechot, linchot, even in contemporary Hebrew, means to cut off, means to take away. Nechoto explains Rashi, a female, as the Torah and Parashat Bereshit tells us, was taken from the part of one of the ribs, which was taken from male, from Adam, and in turn, flesh was put onto it to make a female, to make Hava. Well, that's the reference then, Bet Nechoto, it's the one who was taken away from. That's the female, which female is, re- is, is uh, present over here. It's the wife of Hezkiah who's serving them with drinks, that's already a problem. So he shows them all, including his wife. Hezkiah was a very good person, but we're already seeing that as negative to involve. Ushmuel Amar bet genazav her alahem. Shemuel has a lot easier interpretation. He says he showed them his bet genazav. He showed them his storehouses. He showed them his, uh, his treasures of sorts. 
How did he find that in the word nechoto? Not fully clear. Rashi says it is the targum. If you were to open to the Navi, that's how it's translated. Uh, Rashi goes on to quote from the Mahberet of... Uh, Rashi goes on in, in his commentary to, to, to quote from... Um, from Menachem, one of the early commentators and translators of the Torah, who has this as a reference to the Bissamim, which is mentioned later on, which is not an opinion in the Gemara. And lastly, the Gemara suggests, what's Bet Nechotov, Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Zayin Ochel, Zayin Her Alahem. If you recall, we saw this with regards to the storming of Yerushalayim. How did they come into Yerushalayim with with um, iron, which would cut iron. It was such a strong iron. You had the ability to take a weapon, which could cut the other weapon. It was so strong. Uh, so that was what Hezkiyahu had. Nechoto again means to hit. And what he's showing them is not only his wealth and strength with money, he's showing them his strength and wealth with actual zayin, which refers to weapons. A military... He's showing his strength, but ultimately, uh, according to this last interpretation, that's right. He's showing how strong he is. He's showing them his weapons. Either way you slice it, any of these three or any other interpretation, what the hachamim are noticing in the Pesukim in the Torah is too involved. Uh, you didn't need to give them that tour, even if it's to show how strong you are in their face. Unnecessary. Keep a certain appropriate distance. All right, now that the Gemara is on Galut, the Gemara goes on to talk about Pesukim from Echa. Echa, of course, is our Megillah, which we read on Chabeav, which uh, foretells and describes uh, the destruction of Yerushalayim. So the Gemara will go through, somewhat systematically, many of the first Pesukim in Megillat Echa. Echa Yasheva Badat, those are the first words. Uh, what do the words mean? Echa, how? Yasheva, dwelling, Badad, Badad means alone, like Levad, along those lines. And so the first pasuk describes how Yerushalayim is alone. And Hachamim, pay attention to that last word, Badad, because we have that word at a great moment, which portrays and foresees the future of Am Yisrael. First and foremost, let's just pay attention to that word, Echa. The word Echa is an iconic word. It's a word that foretells what's going to go wrong. We have it in several other places and not great situations. Why that word? Suggests the first interpretation. And I imagine this as a circumstance. They're almost speaking the Shabbat for Chabab, or they're speaking on Chabab. So they're being Doresh, and it's a full-fledged derashah. It's gematriah, and the word echa, mipenesh averu al shiloshim veshesh keritot shebatorah. The word echa begematriah is 36. Masechet keritot begins with a list of 36 wrong, wrong activities which will give you the punishment of karet. Echa is a reference, a vantage point already for sin just heke happened. It happened because we acted wrongfully. Amar biyohanam mipenem malaku be'alef bet. The next question is, Echa starts with the word with the letter Aleph, but it goes on in the Seder Aleph Bet. It goes Bet, Gimal, Dalit, and so forth. Why is that the Megillah that we have telling about our destruction? That it's written in a poetic fashion, going in the Seder Aleph Bet. Perhaps it's teaching us, or at the very least, we can learn from it. The Torah is given with 22 letters of Aleph Bet. We're supposed to envision that as the mechanism, the tools to connectedness with God. We went against it. The book that teaches us about what happened as a result goes in the order of Aleph Bet in a way saying to us, you see, you could have used this properly, but this is what you did wrong. These letters, this Torah, 
this is going to describe the aftermath of that. Okay, then we have that word badad. I told you we're going to pay attention to. Uh, badad again means alone. Amar Ava, Amar Biohanan, Amar Kadosh Baruchu, Kivyachol, God said, Ani Amar Tivayishkon Yisrael, Betah Badad, Ain Yaakov Elerit Tegan Vetirosh, Avshamav Ya'arfutau. Pasuk says at the very end of the Torah that Am Yisrael are going to be Betah Badad. Betah Bitahon means strength, means the confidence, means the ability to be badad alone, but to have a certain stability, self-strength and confidence. That's what I foresaw. What's an independence, but an appropriate independence. You can be independent and you're downtrodden. You're independent, but you're betah. You have a strength with that. Achshav, you should know, I, 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 I suggested and I said that that's going to be the reality of Am Yisrael. Yeah, they are independent. They are alone, but it's not a strength of independence. Achshav, yihiyu, now their dwelling will be alone, downtrodden, forsaken, disconnected, and in, in, incapable of strengthening themselves. The pasukim continue in um, uh, the, the pasuk continues in Echan. It says, "Ha'ir Rabati Am." The city. It's a reference to Yerushalayim. Was Rabati Am? Rabati. We know the word Harbe or Rov. It had many nations, or it was filled with a great nation. Rather, Amar Rava. It's a description of Am Yisrael. Amar Biyohanan Shayu Masiim Ktana LeGadolu Gdola LeKatan Kedeshi Ulahem Banim Harbe. The description is that uh, the understanding once was that biologically, both men and women. Uh, have a, a hard time at a younger age uh, to procreate and to have children. And as a result, if you were to put young children or young, at, at the youngest age where they could procreate together one with the other, it'll take a lot longer to have a child than if you matched up one of the young ones with someone who's super old but more mature. So you took one of the young ones with a more mature one and then the other uh, gender and you put it with an older one as well. That was a way of speeding up Procreation, having more children. The way of the people once, the Gemara suggests, was one in which um, they were seeking and searching to just proliferate, and that's what they were doing. Instead of allowing for this to just grow organically with the young one to the young one, they were speeding up the process by matching them up to someone a bit older so that they'd have children quicker. Hayitake almana, the Pasuk describes how they were now, we are now ke almana, we're like a widow. It doesn't say hayita almana, it says hayita ke almana, says the Gemara, you want to understand our state of being now for some time? We are like, like a widow, but not literally a widow from HaKadosh Baruch It's like a woman whose husband went overseas, and she knows he's coming back, but she's just longing for it, and it's taking so long. That's the experience of Galut. That's this uh, circumstance situation of Am Yisrael. We know God is coming back. We know his presence is still there. He's still relatable, but it feels as if he's distant. And we have these thoughts and flashes in our minds like, oh, it's all lost. Rabati Bagoim. The pasuk goes on and says, I, you, I was great by the nations, sarati ba medinot, and I was a sar, I was a minister in the, in the, uh, the provinces. Any place where Am Yisrael go, you should know in any circumstance they are always rising to the top. Even in the lowest of situations, most dire circumstances, they rise to the top. The Gemara tells a brief story in a beraita along those lines. We'll read 
the Beraita and conclude with this. Tanur Rabbanan the Beraita tells Maaseh b'shne bnei Adam shini shibu b'har karmel v'hayashavai mehalech acharehem. It happened that there were two people from Am Yisrael who were taken captive at a place called Har Hakarmel. We know that from the story of Eliyahu, and uh, together with them, or right behind them, was their captor. One of these uh, two uh, Am Yisrael, uh, Jewish uh, captives, says to the other, you should know, you see that uh, camel ahead of us? It's blind in one eye. And it's carrying, we both see that, it's carrying two jugs. And I know one of them has wine, the other one has oil. And the two men, the two people who are leading that camp, that um, camel, one of them is Jewish and the other one is non-Jewish. So now the captor who's listening to this says incredulously, you stiff-necked nation, you two Jews. How do you know this? Yeah, you just talk so confidently. Do you actually know this? Amrullah will tell you exactly how we figured this out. We don't have Ruach HaKodesh per se. It wasn't divine inspiration. We're just paying attention to reality. First and foremost, we watch the camel. It only eats from one side. Uh, it's been eating the grass from one side. Clearly, it's blinded in the other side. And we're just attentive to reality. And we noticed as the camel goes, a little bit has been spilling over. One of them's been sucked into the ground. We know that has wine. The other one we noticed is a little bit above the ground. We know that's oil, but we've been attentive, paying careful attention to what's taking place. How do you know that? How did we know that one of them was Jewish and one of them was non-Jewish? The non-Jew, we notice when he has to use the bathroom, he uses it publicly. The Jewish person goes to the side and does it in a little bit more of a private fashion. The captor runs after and sees that they were exactly right in what they described. He comes back and he kisses the Jews on the head, realize why the Gemara is mentioning this in our context. It's the Jews who are rising quickly because of their smarts, their ability to be attentive to reality, uh, even though they're in a moment of captivity. The Heviyan, the Beitoi, brings them to their ho- his home, the captor to the captives. He makes for them a great banquet, a great meal. He ends up dancing in front of them. He praises God who chose the descendants of Abraham, gave them his wisdom. And he says about them, and they become minister to those who are their masters, leaves them and allows them to return home. The Gemara then, the Sarati Bamedinot, is a fulfillment of this vision, this description that Am Yisrael, even in their lowliest of states, even when they're ca- captive to individuals or to nations, have a way through their smarts, through their capabilities of rising up. Baruch Amen, Amen.